Are you ready for the UK's best political podcast, Tory Radio? Your number one. I have the great honour of sitting next to the man who took many candidates such as myself into the general election. That man really needs no introduction. It's the uh, Right Honourable Michael Howard MP. Mr Howard, thank you for inviting me to talk to you today. Not at all. It's, uh, it's good to be here with you. Uh, I'd like to start by asking a question that I managed to uh, get through to you uh, after the general election on Simon Mayo's uh, radio show. You took the party into the 2005 general election uh, with actually not that much time to prepare. You weren't leader for that long. Looking at your tenure as Conservative leader, what would you most like, like to be remembered for? Well, I think that we weren't in, the, in, in great shape when I took over in November 2003, and I had almost to the day, 18 months, I think it really was pretty well to the day, um, before the election. I think we turned the party round, um, made a great deal of progress, um, won more votes than Labour in England. It was the first time for 22 years that we came out of a general election with many more members of Parliament than we'd gone into that general election. Obviously, I was disappointed that we didn't win it. I was fighting to win and we didn't win. Um, but I think that uh, we made great progress and I would like to be remembered as the leader who established the platform from which it was possible for us to go on to win uh, next time. People were probably quite shocked that, that almost immediately after the election you announced that you were standing down as leader and perhaps then even, even more shocked that you, you've now announced that you're going to stand down, down as an MP. Won't you miss Parliament? People wonder what, what you're going to do when you eventually leave and is your wife looking forward to having you round the house and has she lined up a lot to do for you? Well, I don't know. She's made it quite clear she doesn't want me home for lunch, so um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to sort something out. But uh, I'm not going yet. Uh, I, this Parliament would probably uh, last for another three years or so and uh, I've got plenty of time to decide uh, how I'm going to spend my time afterwards. Absolutely. Going to, going to some Liverpool matches, I suppose. Well, I hope to watch more, yes. <laughs> watch more football, certainly. There's great debate about, at the moment, how politics is funded. Uh, I, I suspect that the last election left the party in a considerable amount of debt. Do you think the case has been made for state funding of parties? Now, actually, your, your premise is not quite right. We uh, came out of the last election in good shape financially. Right. We, we raised all the money we needed to fight the election campaign. There... there David Cameron has put forward some very sensible proposals. Um, problem is you have to persuade people that, that through their taxes they should, they should pay for party political propaganda. That's not easy, but uh, we'll have to see how the argument goes. During your time uh, when the Conservatives were in government, I think you're going to be remembered as one of the most successful Home Secretaries this country has ever had. The, two, the 2005 manifesto, which I fought on, had commitments for many more police, and that went down well in the seat I fought. And a, a, an underlying message that, that prison works. Why do you think the current government seem to be failing to get a grip on law and order? And, and do you still believe that general pr principle that, that prison works? Oh, I certainly do. Obviously that doesn't achieve everything and it's not enough on its own but all the evidence shows that a disproportionately large amount of crime is committed by a disproportionately few professional committed career criminals and if you can get them inside they're not around to commit the crimes which have such a damaging effect on the community so I continue to believe that's true I think the present government have failed because there have been so many mixed messages from them and there's been such a gulf between the rhetoric and the action. They've tied the hands of the police by adding to the bureaucracy which they have to cope with and by releasing people early from prison 
some of whom have committed really terrible crimes, uh, I think they've uh, they've really given very conflicting and misleading signals to people, and that's at the root of their failure. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound disrespectful or, or, or make, you, make you sound old, but you've been around a long time. Who, who has inspired you the most in your political life, and, and who from one of the other parties actually do you admire, admire the most, if any? Well, my early political hero was, was Ian MacLeod, whom I knew um, and, and greatly admired. Of course, Margaret Thatcher achieved so much for our country and for our party that uh, I've always been a, a, a tremendously enthusiastic uh, supporter and fan of hers. Um, the other parties, not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. One of the most famous insults hurled at you was that there was something of the night about you. Do these kind of things actually hurt you? Because I remember in my election, somebody threatened me with an ASBO and then you, you, because I was delivering leaflets and they didn't like them. And you sit up at night thinking, well, was it that offensive? For you, is it water off a, a duck's back and just part of politics? Or is there a little part of you that, that actually bothers you? Well, you do develop a bit of a thick skin when you've been in this business for any length of time. I think you have to, because otherwise you get... You know, so many insults are thrown at you, and so many um, falsehoods are, yeah. are, are spread about you that if you worried about them all, you'd never sleep at night and you'd be a nervous wreck. So I think you have to develop a bit of a thick skin, and I suppose I have. Right. It's a sobering thought. It always brings it home to me that that this coming weekend, St George's Day, I turn thirty-one. Yet ever since I've been old enough to vote, our party hasn't won a general election. What, in your view, do you think needs to be done to win back that trust so that the Conservatives will once again win a general election? Well, it's a terrible indictment of people like me, isn't it, that we haven't been able to win for so long. Um, I I think that we... I don't know, we have... I think that Alastair Campbell and and, and Tony Blair, between them, really succeeded in demonising the last government. And portraying it in a way that bore little relation to reality. And um, I think we have got to change the way people see the Conservative Party. That's what David Cameron's trying to do, and I think he's, uh, he's doing it very well indeed. Hmm. As I said, you've been in politics a long time. Do you have any regrets, anything with hindsight that, that you, th- you would have done differently? Some have accused the Conservatives of the manifesto, it was too right-wing. Some have said you shouldn't have hired Linton Crosby. Some said you shouldn't have fired Howard Fly. Any regrets, or is that just... Well, none of those things. I mean, obviously, there are things which are the benefit of hindsight. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd done differently. I'd be extraordinary if I didn't. I don't claim to have got everything right. Um, but I wouldn't have changed any of the things that you've just mentioned. Um, that there are there are some things which I would have done differently. The party, one of the one of the, the more recent things that have happened, the party wants to remove the votes from the grassroots in the last leadership election. It actually, again, with hindsight, what a wonderful thing turned out to be a great showcase of the talents within the party. Was it a mistake to try and remove those rights? Well, I think it, 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 the, the campaign did the party a great deal of good, as you say, and, and worked extremely well. The main reason for that was the length of time. Uh, and I made it clear that I, I, I wasn't going to go straight away, that I wanted to have a debate about the future of the party and so on. And that length of time helped to create the atmosphere which um, was so successful and did us a great deal of good. It wouldn't have been that much. It, would have been, it wouldn't have been hugely shorter if the members of Parliament had chosen after the conference. Um, I think we'd have saved... Um, 
I don't know, a few weeks. Um, I still think it's, it's, it's important to ensure that the leader of the party has the confidence and support of the majority of the MPs. It's quite difficult for him or her to do the job without that. Um, I'm pretty clear that David has that support, and uh, so it's not a problem for the moment, anyway. Yeah. Uh, we spoke about David Cameron. He's been in the leader's chair for a little while. How do you think he's doing? I think he's doing brilliantly. I'm uh, cheering on from the sidelines. I think he's uh, doing a terrific job. And uh, I hope he can bring us to victory next time. For those of, uh, who have seen him, there'll be, there'll be quite a lot of people who have seen him on television, heard him speak, but that's kind of all they know. They don't know much more about him as a person. Could you give a, a little insight into sort of, you know David better than, than most and why he's the man to lead the Conservatives into government? Well, I, I tell you, the thing which people won't see from him, probably until he's Prime Minister, but something I know very well because he worked for me as he was my special advisor when I was Home Secretary. He's very hard-working. He's very conscientious. He knows how to roll up his sleeves and get the job done. Hmm. That's something which I don't think Mr Blair's ever really learned to do. And it's one of the reasons why this government has such a poor record on delivery. Hmm. David Cameron will deliver hmm. if he's given the chance, as I hope and believe mm. he will be. And you, do you think he's got the, a really good team now behind him that, that can follow yes, through with that delivery? he certainly has. Final question now. Uh, if you had to choose between Liverpool winning the treble or David Cameron becoming Prime Minister in three years' time, which would you choose? I don't see why I can't have both. <laughs> and that's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, excellent. I think, I think, in my view, one is pure fantasy, and I look forward to David going into Downing Street. That seems to tell me you're not a Liverpool supporter. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> well, Mr Howard, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it very much. Contact us on 020-7870-8658 or email toryradio at aol.com. Get in contact now.